0: Hey, real quick, I want to give a shout out to James up in Stoneville, North Carolina. He's a friend of the show. Hell, he's a friend of the family now. We were able to go ahead and help his family recently save more than $1,200 a month. Really think about this. My man, Robbie, didn't save $1,200 one time. He's going to save it each and every month, all because he went to savewithconrad.com. He left us a five-star review earlier this week, and he said this, From the first phone call with Christian, all the hard work Diane put in, Jennifer taking time to explain things and help me understand where we were at with the deal, right up to Steve helping me get this survey through, nothing but professionalism all around. Dealing with First Family has helped us to the point we've cut $1,200 a month off our bills. I can't say enough about the team Conrad has assembled. I highly recommend First Family to anyone looking to purchase or refinance their home. Thanks to Conrad and the entire First Family team. No, thank you, James, for the great review. And congratulations on saving 1200 bucks a month. And oh, by the way, you can skip your next two house payments. It's real, folks. SaveWithConrad.com can help you. We're licensed in more than 40 states. But if you've got credit card debt, if you're looking to save money on your monthly payments, if you're looking to pay your house off faster, or even buy a house with no money down, SaveWithConrad.com is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. That's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And oh, by the way, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. What are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about AdFreeShows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is shows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts, starting at just $9, But you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts, like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others, but yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early, with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Current Fires Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, but there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at AdFreeShows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com, is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now, adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself,
1: the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time World Heavyweight Champion. Tell them, Nate. Woo Wings! Legendary flavors!
2: World Championship wings!
1: Woo!
2: Woo Wings! Yeah! Woo woo! Welcome to Something to Wrestle Welcome with. Welcome to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Who's Pritchard. Pritchard? Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. <laughs> what a rib? No, you have There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. It, 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 was he there? I was there. I don't.
1: A shit. <laughs> I ain't scared of shit. I ain't scared of shit. Fuck you, you Bruce. Ah I love you, you take the cheese. Double cheeseburger. You take the grain. Double
0: cheese. Well, you know. We then double mail, You know, it's called chicken salad. Double onion, mother You're nothing but an
2: egg-sucking dog. They're on your the Google machine. Goddamn damn, kid. God damn it. What the hell show you got there? I need more. Ugh. Something to wrestle with, gone. Bruce Pritchard the second most recognizable athlete in the entire world today. Oh. Gone. Red.
0: Gone. Say. What happened, when? Huh. Huh. What would Vince say about that? Well, hey Vince, tell me. My arms look good tonight. Yeah. I'm so big. Yeah. That's Welcome To
1: wrestle
0: me. Welcome to Something to Wrestle With. Something to Wrestle With. Something to Wrestle With. Bruce Pritchard.
1: Hello, and welcome to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, how are you this week? Well, you know, sometimes a sketch is better than an oil painting, and that's fine. I
2: absolutely, positively love Rick Rubin's Twitter ah he, he does he just he he comes up with this stuff that is so absolutely logical and makes you kind of think a little bit and it's uh the guy is a bonafide fide genius so um I've had the opportunity to, to talk with him and, and meet him um he's a he's a bona fide genius and and i I really I like his stuff so that there's your there's your Twitter verse tip.
1: There you go. All right. Wait a minute. All right. Wait a minute. I, I'm Conrad, a, what's wrong with your voice, man? Well, I got a frog in my throat. Dude, this is not Conrad. This is Paul Bromwell. And Conrad, peek behind the curtain, is sick, man. He is not feeling well. And he tagged me in. I'm back. And I know that's a lot of people aren't thrilled about that. But they're getting one half of the greatest pot wrestling podcast in history. Wait a minute. Bruce Conrad's Bruce, not here? He's No, he's not here. No, 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 Connie, it's me and you. I haven't been with you in a, in a, in a, in a long while. You've
2: never been with me, Pally.
1: (laughs) I missed you. I get to talk a lot to Dr. Tom, your brother, but I don't get to talk to you as, as nearly as much as I'd like to. It's already been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I like Dr. Tom. Like him a lot. Good guy. But listen, Bruce, this is. This episode is Ask Me Questions and Shit. So are are you ready to jump in and this is one of my favorites is Ask Me Questions and
2: Shit. I may not answer all your questions <laughs> nor shit. But uh hey, you know what? I, I realized in um uh, I mean I don't know, but my office door is open, which is probably echoing throughout the entire house. So you keep talking. I'm going to be right over here. Actually, I'll keep talking. I'll talk from over here. Okay. You can probably hear it and all that stuff. While I shut this door, while they do their thing over there, and because uh, I'm kind of loud, and that's hard to believe. And you can't I even hear have to me. Look at the headphones before I put them on to make sure which one
1: is R and which one is L. Bruce, what what have you been up to, by the way? Can we start the show that way? Because I, you know, you and I haven't talked, and I know you're busy. Can I at least ask what have you been up? How how things been going? How you feeling? What's going on? Well, Pablo, here we uh, go. Is that not your name? It it is. It's the Spanish form. I'm I'm
2: tapping in. I'm tapping into my Spanish side tonight. Okay. You know, so uh, you know, one time, as a matter of fact, one time. Uh, John Layfield and I were going to, uh, vacation at Pablo Escobar's house <laughs> right outside of, uh, oh man, Cancun. Okay. And his, uh, beautiful, lovely wife, uh, an extremely intelligent and bright wife, she found this house and unfortunately we never, we never got to go do that. And instead we had a nice vacation in Cancun, but we didn't get to stay at old Pablo's house. And now mm. they don't, I don't think they rented out anymore.
1: Ah, uh, missed opportunity there.
2: Yeah. No, I work for a living.
1: Yeah. Well, you do. That's why, uh, And I want to hear, I mean, how you been? How you feeling? You feeling good? You look good. You're relaxed. Ah, I can see you on Skype. Feeling great. Yeah. Feeling great. Yeah. I was shingling my roof uh,
2: just the other day and um, I, I'm doing great.
1: I got the, sh- the shingles mastered.
2: <laughs> you they oh, have a vaccine man. for that now.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. And if you haven't gotten the shingles vaccine and you're of age, make sure you do that. We highly recommend it. We highly recommend it.
2: Now, there you go. I'm going to give you a pro tip.
1: It hurts okay. like hell. That's what I've heard.
2: You got to take two of them, but the alternative is, trust me, you'll want to take the two shots.
1: Yeah, because you don't want the alternative, Bruce. No no doubt about it. For all our listeners that have had him, if you've had him, you know exactly what he's talking about. So there you go. Well, listen, let's jump into it because you're not going to tell us anything. I'm not else.
2: jumping anywhere.
1: No? Well, no. okay.
2: Now my feet get up. They take steps. That's about it. It's,
1: Your jumping days are over.
2: My jumping days are long gone. <laughs> not that they were ever that high. I mean, I have been, but my jumps
1: haven't. <laughs> we know that you've been. I'm I'm kind of questioning what you're up to oh, right hey, now. Okay, you
2: want to know what the hell's going on? See, yeah, see yeah. Hell's going on. So yeah, So I'm actually going to go see what is being at least described as we sit here today, as uh, one of Aerosmith's last shows in in Las Vegas at their residency in uh, December. Ah, oh, okay. And then uh, I, I hope to be uh, seeing one of Ron White's last shows. As uh, he's on his retirement tour In Las Vegas that very same weekend But In typical Form what I'm probably most excited About is uh, that I'll also Be seeing Piff the Magic Dragon Wow With Mr. Piffles Look at you I am a big Piff fan and Also a part of that weekend Probably go see my good friends Billy Gibbons And Elwood with uh, was ZZ Top. ZZ Top, yeah. It's, I've seen Elwood play with ZZ before, okay. but just, you know, like is, is Elwood, but he has stepped into Dusty's old spot and i uh, really excited about that and shout out to Elwood because he's a big fan of the show and I'm a big fan of his by God.
0: Have you ever accidentally dropped out of an important Zoom call because of a flaky Wi-Fi connection, or maybe you struggled to upload or download a file while away from home? Well, what if you could use more than one internet connection at the same time, like the hotel or coffee shop, Wi-Fi and the cellular data connection on your phone for their combined speed and reliability? Well, speedify is the only app that can combine multiple internet sources into one bonded super connection to improve live streaming, video calling, gaming, web browsing, and everything else you do online. And let me explain. It's super simple to use. It runs in the background speedify lets you combine any number or type of internet connection for better performance and speedify is available on all of your devices that's right your pc your mac your iphone your android even for you linux guys out there but that's not all at its core speedify is also a vpn which means it encrypts all of your web traffic to improve privacy and security so what are you waiting for you deserve better internet and speedify can help deliver it Download Speedify today at speedify.com slash wrestle. That's S P E E D I F Y dot com slash wrestle. Speedify dot com slash wrestle. Afford
1: Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was a hundred percent. You need to make more money, make smarter choices and build a better life, afford anything, wherever you listen. All right. I'll put you on the spot here. Favorite Aerosmith song of all time. You have a favorite.
2: Hey, I got a brand new record that I gotta play. She says not now, boy, but I did anyway, cause I'm ready. So ready. It's F I N E. Fine. Five, fucked up, uh, insecure,
1: neurotic, and you guess the last one. All right, ZZ Top. Do you have a favorite ZZ Top song?
2: Uh, probably Tush. Either that, either that, or uh, uh ha ha ha. You know, was, yeah, uh, yeah. LaGrange, man. LaGrange. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, there I've, you go. I've, I've been to the hallowed grounds of, of, uh, LaGrange.
1: We're already asking questions and in shit. And that,
2: in and that, in that little, in, in that little, uh, little
1: ranch there that where they, uh, raise chickens and shit. Hmm. Well, man, sounds like you're, uh, you're, you're going to have a big December in Las Vegas.
2: You're going to ask me what my favorite, Mr. Piffles and,
1: let's, what, okay, let's Dragon,
2: hear uh, spot is.
1: Well, let's hear it. Go ahead.
2: Is when he came out for the very first time and said, hey, my name is uh, Piff the Magic Dragon. You might have heard of my <laughs> brother. You ever hear of his brother? No. Frank.
0: <sighs> okay.
1: No, babe. I, I laughed for days. I thought that was the funniest damn thing I'd ever heard. Bruce, I'm excited for you because you know what? It sounds like you're going to have a couple of big nights. Ron, You mentioned Ron White. And I love the fact that you're going to be able to relax a little bit and have some fun.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure about that relaxing part, but uh I'll try to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see, you know, it's nice cuz I'm going to go see my uh, Ron's a friend, uh ZC Tops a friend. Uh I'd like to meet Piff and uh, and maybe I'll i I've met Joe and Steven before. Okay. But I would have to say that I might have been um in altered states at the time. And they, they might have been too. So neither one of us were, were, would really, you know, remember it. But hey. I was
1: going to say, so actually meet each other this time and remember meeting each other this time is what you'd like to do.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that they would really give a shit. But uh, <laughs> but you would. I would. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a big fan, man. Yeah.
1: Get that group pick. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's pink, you know, pink, you know, it's in. It's your favorite color? Yeah. Yeah. I'm it with this. Yeah, nothing like loving an elevator either. You
2: got any shit for me? You got questions? You got, you I got, do. Questions? You got I shit? Do. What do you
1: got? Let's do this. I got questions and shit. Michael Eldridge, my buddy, he's going to kick us off. I love it. He said, uh, Bruce, we're, we're jumping right into the wrestling. Hypothetically, had Vince Jr. not purchased and developed WWE into First what? First of if- all, there is
2: no Vince Jr. Okay. Okay. that That's a misconception. Uh, never has been a Vince Jr. There's a Vincent... Jay McMahon, okay. who took over the business from his father, Jess McMahon. Okay, so there was Jess McMahon, Jess Vincent J. Je- McMahon, Vincent Je- and then he had a son, Vincent Kennedy. Kennedy McMahon. That's right. So it's not a junior.
1: No, it can't be, That right? would be incorrect. All so right. Are, you, are, are we speaking about Vincent Kennedy? We're talking Vincent Kennedy. Let's okay. go Vincent Kennedy. Ask me so- your question. Here we go. Hypothetically, had Vincent Kennedy not purchased and developed WWE into what it became during the 80s, how different would professional wrestling have looked? Would another territory attempt to go national like Ganya, Watts, or Crockett Jr.?
2: You know, I, I think that had the Southern promoters, and when I say Southern promoters, I, I will specifically speak about Georgia championship wrestling because Georgia championship wrestling was really one of the first promotions that had national exposure on WTBS. That's right. So they had the opportunity to go national, but, um, from the, they just, they, they, they used it to go, wider in their own territory. They used South. To expand into well no, they used to go up into Ohio. They used it to go kind of a little bit into the Carolinas and they used it um, to to spread out a little bit where TBS kind of had its stronghold. And I think the um so who knows? I, I mean look, they had their opportunity. They tried they didn't succeed. They also had the opportunity to take their talent and their talent could have reaped the rewards as well. Like Tommy rich, Tommy rich was able to be booked, uh, in different territories. Tommy would come to Texas and and Tommy would go, you know, whether it was Memphis or wherever. And he was a huge star on the WTBS superstation. So when he came in, he was made. He, he was like a big star out of that pond. So I, I don't know. Um, I think that a lot of them, I don't think that they had the wherewithal to expand beyond wrestling. And I think that's where Vince and WWE was able to grow it because they didn't just do wrestling. They grew from the outside in. They were able to bring in Muhammad Ali, Cindy Lauper, Liberace, and the like to expand and expose it to a
1: much larger audience. Do you think also, too, Vince was really that first guy that he didn't have to want to play by the roles, meaning a lot of the regional wrestling wanted to make sure they, you know, whether it was the NWA board or the regional rules or Work together with the promoters where Vince kind of had that, hey, I'm gonna build what I wanna build here. It's gonna be national. And if I step on toes, I step on toes in order to accomplish the big the big picture.
2: Well, the misconception is, is that Vince did all of that, just went out roughshod. And what he really did that a lot of people, you know, will poo-poo and say, Oh no, no, he just no, Vince went to those promoters. Vince called Watts. Vince called Vern, met with Vern. Vince met with the regional promoters and said, hey, here's what I'd like to do here. Here is a way that we could actually work together and grow this thing. I'm going to go national. I would like to be able to run, Uh um, for example, Minneapolis or what have you, you know, with you, Vern, and use your talent and, and you be a promoter in this area. But you will have a much bigger base from the USA network and from our stuff, we would still use your local TV. Um, but Vern wouldn't have had it all. It probably would have made Vern's business better uh, in the long run. But every one of them with, you know, a couple of exceptions, one exception being Mike LaBelle in Los Angeles. Another exception would probably be uh, Stu Hart in Calgary. Um, the... They they said yeah let's work together yeah so there was an opportunity for everybody to work together um, the stalwarts told them to go to hell you know I'll bury you kid you don't know what the hell you're doing and it's like okay I'm gonna do it with you or without you I'd like to do it with you you don't want to work with me cool then you know I'll I'll move on and I'll do it on my own.
1: All right. And he certainly did that. Next question is a fun question. It's from Zole Lopez, uh big time Ad free shows member. He says, Bruce, what's your go to for convenience store snacks when on the road? Any must haves. So Bruce, when you're on the road late night, whatever you hit that twenty four seven convenience store, what's your go to's? It really depends.
2: Um a lot of times used to be Back in the day, Cool Ranch Doritos. But it just—it depends on kind of what time, day or night. Uh, now I'm on this damn uh, the Rocks energy drink. Uh, okay, I always yeah. look for that.
1: Yeah, Zoe Zo. zo or yeah, whatever. yeah. It's it's excellent.
2: And so, like now, whenever I go in, I immediately go back and look for that. And if I can't find anything there, I just get water.
1: Okay. So no more Cool Ranch. You're done. You're done on Cool Ranch.
2: Yeah, kind of him Kind of him And, and I, I think of candy, it would probably be like one of those Reese's Big Cups.
1: Oh. Big, thick son of a gun. Do you see the ones now they are like stuffed with like Reese's Pieces? And, yeah, I don't want that all, shit, man. No? Just no, leave, that,
2: leave it alone. Okay. Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's it don't put all that
1: shit in there no potato chips and shit
2: no no you don't need all that crap all right. why can't people leave well enough alone
1: yeah
0: by now you guys know how passionate i am about chili sleep i absolutely love it i sleep on one every single night i even travel with one but i've got big news for you right now sleep me is the new home for chili sleep now, they're bringing you the same great sleep that Chili Sleep offered, but under a new name. Sleep Me makes the coldest and most comfortable sleep systems available. They create the environment that meets the body's natural need for lower core temperatures. That's going to help you promote deeper, restorative sleep. Chili Sleep makes the Uller the cube and the doc pro sleep systems. These are water-based temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. These mattress pads, keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep cold sleep. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. And they also just launched the brand new doc pro sleep system. It has two times, two times more cold power than other models whisper quiet and it has a tubeless mattress pad design that allows for five times more cooling contact pair it with the new sleep.me app for enhanced device control and sleep scheduling head on over right now to sleep.me forward slash wrestle to learn more and save 20% off the purchase of any new doc pro cube or uler sleep system now this offer is available exclusively for something to wrestle with listeners it's only for a limited time that's sleep, S L E E P dot me, M E slash wrestle to take advantage of our exclusive discounts and wake up feeling refreshed every day.
1: I like, so do you have a favorite convenience store? Cause I mean, around here, I'm in the Northeast. So Wawa's a big hit. Sometimes I see a sheets. Is there, is there a place where you're driving? Yeah, and like, sheets. What they're the sheets.
2: Um, you know, I guess on the road, Bucky's or, uh, Bucky's, or okay. Wawa, yeah.
1: Oh, there you go. All right, here we go. Wrestling question. We're back at it. Instagram a wrestling historian. Is it true? John Cena wanted to lose to edge at unforgiven 2006. So he could go back to SmackDown and turn heel. Thanks. I think there was
2: a part of John that always wanted to kind of turn heel, but also he understood the business of him not turning heel and, Once he really grasped that, he, he embraced it and, and went all just full in on it. So, um, look, John's probably one of the most unselfish guys that, uh, I've ever met. And I could definitely see him, you know, his whole thing was, how do we get other people over? I don't know where that instance particularly, but I know John always was looking at turning heel. Yes.
1: Yeah. Do you, have, do you wish now, as you sit in your chair there looking all comfortable, as a wrestling fan, would you, you think it would be fun to see John Cena as a, as a, as a heel when he became a megastar? I know he didn't want to because of what he was doing well, with I, I charity. That,
2: yeah, I think that the the simple fact that John Cena was able to become that Babe Ruth,
1: Yeah,
2: I, I think that's cool.
1: And to a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. All right. Dan Dean is up next, Bruce. He says, Bruce, the double D's up next. Who would induct brother love into the hall of fame?
2: Who would it be? Wow. That's a loaded question because there's, you know, Selfishly, but at the same time, you have to look at it from. I don't think, first of all, I don't think I'm ever going in the Hall of Fame. Um, but if I were and I were to pick, uh, there's a handful of people that I would want to do it, you know, Vince, because of our friendship and, and just everything that we've been through, and I wouldn't be here if not for him. Um, but on on the other side of things, I would look at uh, John Layfield, Jerry Briscoe, and/or my brother, and/or Taker.
1: Hmm. All all solid choices, no doubt about it. And uh, man, I what you said and you say, hey, there's no way I'd go in or brother Love would go in. Well, I tell you what, you've had so much influence. Talk about Undertaker,
0: Talk and, about but Jr. also,
2: but also, but also, I, w- I would—he's uh, he's no longer with us. But I think you know, in in dreaming days of of yesteryear, Bobby
1: Heenan probably would have been my first choice. <sighs> Bobby Heenan Jr. What could have been? All right, FF handbooks up next, Bruce. We're going to try to get FFU. Yeah, well, FF handbook. I want to try to get as many of these in as I can tonight, since we got you. If Haku was in WWE at the time of Brawl for All. Would he have been allowed to participate?
2: Sure, he probably would have been allowed to participate. I I don't know how he would have done with boxing gloves on. Ultra tough guy, but yeah. you know, the the boxing gloves and the rules, in some ways, would hamper your. You know, I think that they would have hampered Ken Shamrock and Severum
1: both. Just uh, not. It's not the style they're used sell. to. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. different. Yeah. George Jones is up next, Bruce. His question. Look at your, he stopped loving
2: her today. Wait, no, they put a wreath upon
1: his door. Well, he stopped loving her today. Anyway, that whore. (laughs) He says, what was the most interesting wrestler's court you have ever attended?
2: You know, I tried to stay clear of that. And, uh, didn't attend a lot of them, so it, it was. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's kind of like Fight Club. Rule number one of Fight Club is you don't don't talk about Fight Club.
1: Don't talk about it. When I first said Wrestlers Court, was there one thing that popped into your one Wrestlers Court that immediately you visualized that popped into your mind that sticks out to you more than others? Let's do it that way.
2: No, not necessarily. Okay. I mean, it, it just. uh, You know, it was always fun and, uh, you always kind of, I think anybody going into it pretty much knew the outcomes.
1: All right. Adam Arpin is up next. He said, let's say Ric Flair doesn't leave the WWF in the early nineties. Lawler doesn't come in. Uh, all of Jerry's program, uh, Jerry's programs go to Rick when it comes to survivor series 94. Do you have Rick team up with three mini versions of himself or do you have him team up with many versions of Arn and other horsemen to face Doink and the Clowns Are Us? Wait, what? All right, I'm gonna start at at the beginning again. This is a real hypothetical. All right, here we go. Let's say Rick Flair doesn't leave the WWF in the early 90s, okay? So Flair hasn't left. Lawler doesn't come in, and all of Jerry's programs go to Rick. You with me so far? So Lawler never came in. They're all going to Rick. When it comes time for Survivor Series 94. Do you have Rick team up with three mini versions of himself, or do you have him team up with mini versions of Arn and Other Horsemen to face Doink and Clowns Are Us?
2: I got another hypothetical for you. I hung myself and uh, I wasn't <sighs> there when that happened.
1: <laughs> wow, we're going way deep on that one, Adam. I love you, buddy, but wow. You took some time to come up with some of that. What were you drinking? What were you smoking? Adam,
2: what if your mom <laughs> wasn't in the mood on that fateful night? The dad was feeling a little frisky. And you didn't ask me this fucking question. <laughs> so there's what if for you?
1: Oh boy. Let's move on to Anthony. He said had the screw job not happened would there have been a possibility of seeing Owen Hart challenging for the world title against Brett or Sean?
2: Well, if screw job hadn't happened, then Brett would have dropped the title and we would just not have had a screw job. But Owen
1: definitely would have been in the mix. So, yeah. That yeah. Would have yeah. Yeah. All right. Brian, Harems is up next Bruce, He said, how many times did he go to the strip club and full brother love makeup and try to save the strippers?
2: That would be zero because I never went into, and I I don't like the term strip club. They're gentlemen's establishments.
1: Okay. He's got standards. He's got standards guys.
2: I do. Uh, but I, I don't think that I would ever go in to save them. I would go in to teach them.
1: Oh, what difference. would that, what would that sound like for you teaching some, some, some gentlemen's club workers? Would, I would
2: explain to the ah. young women that were there that the reason they were there can you do was it in Brother to Love's a living can you no, do it? I wouldn't do it in Brother Love's voice because the soothing tone of Bruce was much more convincing and allowed them to absorb the knowledge. So much better And I just explained to them why they were there And they were there It's a business You can't look at it emotionally Because most people will go into A gentleman's establishment sometimes With emotion Oh yeah Hoping that by God They're going to meet the love of their life Or they're going to have the time of their life With one of these young ladies That are there just trying to earn a living That's right At least they should be and I would simply point out and try to help them. Then, by God, that young man over there looks like he's got a wad of cash in his pocket and probably was looking to want to give it away. Let's hope it's a lot
1: of cash in his pocket. Yeah, I would yeah. hope
2: so, because yeah. I, I wasn't looking that far in the middle. I would always look off to the side. <laughs> <or see> what... <laughs> he
1: just went right in the gutter. Oh, man. So good. I would love to be there for that speech. Ben Jones is up next. Oh, oh BJ. Yep, BJ's up next, speaking of gutter. In your home office is a picture of you with a black eye, Bruce. What's the story on that? Brock Lesnar kicked a wall into my face.
2: And, um, when I, we were in Nova Scotia. The, uh, we finished up a shoot and the folks that had constructed the wall, um, Hadn't constructed it very well And and were In the process of trying to get Brock Out of this room That had kind of started to collapse And Brock didn't feel like waiting So Brock started uh, moving Walls on his own And when he did That said wall came Crashing into my face, broke my nose in three places Shattered my orbital um, Collapsed side of my sinuses what? So yeah I, uh, that was a lot of fun. And then, and then I, I flew from Nova Scotia to New York so that I could get out of Canada and I could get home quicker. But I went to a Canadian emergency room and they don't give you, first of all, they don't give you anything for pain. Second of all, they don't give you a lot of advice or don't give you a lot of, you know, what, what to do and what not to do. It's like, hey, okay, yeah, uh, you should, uh, yeah, you know, that's, wow, that's nasty. Hey, eh? you should, not you know, oh, you live around here, eh? No? Okay. Well, you know, when you get to where you live, maybe ask your doctor, eh? You know, and have a look at it, eh? You know? And, and that was it. Sounds like our urgent care so,
1: facilities around here, yeah.
2: So, like, they, they stitched me up. Because like my eye, we didn't know when I left the building, literally, if my eye was there. And uh they stitched me up and sent me on my way. So I get on a plane, and when I uh I got to fly to New York, didn't really have any issues there, but then I go to the hotel and I took a shower I might've like tried to blow my nose or something and everything shot out. Then my orbital completely just exploded and my nose, pretty much everything that's and everything caved in from there. But I had to go to the airport. I was in a hotel, go to the airport, get on the plane and I'm walking through the airport. Now, I don't realize this because I really can't feel my face. I'm, I'm, I'm it, It's so messed up that I'm pretty much numb. So I don't realize that I'm bleeding out of my eyes. So like the blood is just streaming down the side of my face and onto my clothes. And I got a, you know, those bags you get in the hotel to put your dirty laundry That's in? That's right. Yep. So I had taken that and I went to the ice machine and I had filled it up with ice. And I'm just walking through the airport with this. A uh, cleaning bag on my head with ice. And, <laughs> oh my goodness! And I feel I feel the ice kind of dripping down my face, but I think it's water, not knowing that it's also mixing with the blood and, and straining down my face. And I get on the plane, and I remember I was sitting in 1B, and they were just totally freaked out. Like, "Are you okay?" I said, "Yeah, no, man, I'm good. I just, I just need to get home." And my wife was waiting for me at the airport. I had called a friend of mine and I said, Hey, I need you to get me a neurosurgeon and I need to see a doctor as soon as I land. Cause I'm, I think I'm pretty messed up. The neurosurgeon calls me back while I'm in the air and says, Hey, whatever you do, wherever you are, stay where you are and do not under any circumstances get on a plane.
1: Yeah, no way that the pressure.
2: I just didn't get that message until I was in the car off the plane on my
1: way to the dock. Oh no. Bruce, what year did this all happen? I don't know. Holy shit. 2000s. That wasn't the two. You can remember the decades. Uh,
2: <laughs> sometime between 2000 and 2010. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. So, that, but that was, I mean, that picture actually is once they had, had gone in, and reduced a lot, took a lot of the blood out, um and the swelling and, and at least got my eye down to where I could somewhat open it a little bit. So that picture was probably I don't know, five
1: days after. Whew. So did you so they had to do some type of minor surgery or something, right? Oh, I had minute, to like, have my
2: yeah, I had to have my nose completely shit. redone. I had to have my sinuses pretty much all
1: that all worked in his comp. <laughs> Thanks, Brock.
0: And
2: you know what? Brock, being the classy guy that he is, uh, sent me a nice note, and I don't know how much. Uh, just king crab and lobster and just so, <laughs> so much great food from Pike Place Fish and everything. Um but sent me a really nice note and, and called the check on me and and was – he didn't mean to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't – you know, it was an accident, but uh, he still called the check on me pretty much. And, and, okay. and sent you some nice things. And sent me some go. nice
1: things. There you go.
2: Class all the way.
1: All right. FF Handbook is back, and he has a question for you. He says, uh, Hogan Flair 92. Okay, so there's that match. You got Austin Hogan O2, Taker Sting 2015. Which was a bigger missed opportunity by not happening? Hogan Flair ninety two. Hogan Flair happened. He's just he's he's talking about in the years when they were, you know, red hot and still younger and
2: they were. I think that Hogan and and Flair met kind of at their peaks, both of them. Didn't draw
1: wasn't a WrestleMania, you know, that.
2: No, because it didn't draw. Hmm.
1: So, okay. So forget that one. So that's not a missed opportunity in your eyes. What about Austin Hogan? Oh, two or taker sting 2015.
2: Oh God. Taker,
1: taker sting that, that by 2015, that was dead in
2: the water. Okay. So it would have been Austin. Uh, you know, Austin Hogan, that. If you had to pay, I think, you know, that would have been nice. But, um, you know, obviously, yeah, it didn't happen, but, uh, the sting thing would take her that, that,
1: that it was passed, way, way past its prime. Yeah. yeah. If that
2: didn't happen in 2001,
1: 2002, why? Yeah. Yeah. Right after WCW. All right. Jeff Ronquillo's up next and he says, when you decide it's time to retire, any plans on moving back to the great state of Texas?
2: Well, that's an interesting question, there oh, What's what's his first name? Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. I know Chris Ronquillo. Oh. Um, Jeff, that ain't relation. I got a question for you, Jeff. <laughs> How about that? Are you related to Chris? You know Chris Ronquillo. <laughs> um, I actually don't know the answer to that question. Might go to Texas. Might go to
1: Florida. Might go to Alabama. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, down to the Conradis in Huntsville area. No, I wouldn't, no? I wouldn't,
2: I don't think I'd go there, but okay. I think I might go somewhere there.
1: What is, and what it is it?
2: It was rent free.
1: There you go. Dude. I mean, the guy, the guy's got a kingdom. Down I mean, there. I mean, you could pick, pick, I, I, yeah.
2: I mean, I could basically, I could probably get three or four, you know, floors in the, in the Conradis and everything and, in a wing and have my own roles to go back and forth in between cottages and everything. But right. I, yeah. And the plantation down there, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just, I mean,
1: everything's so big there. Let me ask you a question though. What does, have you thought about what does retirement living look like for Bruce one day? Have you imagined it? Have you thought about it? Maybe not where you want to live, but what does it look like with you and the wife and what do you want to do? Yeah. What? No, see no? That, that's no grand just... thoughts. No,
2: no, I, I can't, I don't know that I can really visualize myself retired. Um, I have to do something. I would
1: go nuts. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, you've been, do you, you've you been used to working so hard for so long that you doing nothing would you would just, it would drive you nuts. It would drive you crazy. Yeah. But you're one of those people. I've I worked since I was 10
2: years old and always look forward to it. Um, most people look. Looked at summer when we were in high school and stuff at the right. time to just, you know, chill out, do whatever. I looked at it as an opportunity to work full-time in the wrestling
1: office. So there you go. The Bruce Pritchard mindset. Charlie Thrower is up next. Charlie Photo guy. He says, Mr. Pritchard, as a member of, of Creative or... Producer. I know Johnny Photo. Ask him if he knows Johnny. You know Johnny Photo? Yeah, I know Johnny. You photo. know a lot of these. You know a lot of relations. I know, and of I, well, I don't know. Well, Charlie's a photographer, so that's why he's at Charlie Photo Guy. So, so Sean. John. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Charlie, you have to hit All me right. up. Well, I know, he follows me on social. Hit me up and let me know if you and Johnny Photo are, are, are related or friends. Okay. Okay, we'll find out for you next time I'm back in six months or so. Uh, Mr. Pritchard is a member of, crea- of creative or producer. What is your proudest moment that makes you sit back and think, yeah. We did good that night. Proudest moment?
2: Um, uh, that's hard to to nail down. I, I think that looking at some of the things that we've been able to pull off from shutting down <laughs> Wall Street and and having an event there in front of the New York Stock Exchange when everybody told us we couldn't do it, um, shutting down Times Square and having a workout in the middle of Times Square at noon and. And things like that. Uh, WrestleMania 2001 in Houston and the Houston Astrodome and being able to be a part of that. The event itself, the lead up to the event, the. The fact that, you know, we, we went after a sponsor and, and they were looking for a small amount. And I went for a huge amount and got ah. it. So, you know, that was kind of a ha ha. Uh, but That probably I, That event overall was When you look at Personally for me What, what we were able to pull off In that was pretty cool
1: Alright very good Joe is up next Joe Gwynn he says uh, Stop one person from leaving when they did Hogan in 93 Austin in 02 Punk and fourteen. Austin Who left? and O2.
2: Austin right. and O two. I okay. I wish I could have stopped that. I wish that um I wish that never had happened. So Yep. Yeah. De- yep. definitely because Steve was the biggest in the business and uh, he was upset at something that Could have been talked
1: through. There you go. Hey, just to see 20 years later at WrestleMania still doing a little stuff, you got to think, man, just 20 years ago, if you would uh, have, like you said, been able to work through that, uh, because at the end of this question is, who left the most on the table? I mean, Austin, like you said. There you go. Yeah. Michael Whitaker, our buddy, says something to wrestle with. This is my question. What kind of changes do you think we could have seen from Austin if he did not get hurt? Would we still have gotten the Austin versus McMahon? What? What kind of changes do you think we would have seen from Austin if he did not get hurt? Would we still have gotten Austin versus McMahon? We still would have gotten Austin versus McMahon hurt or not hurt, right? Or Do you think that would have happened? I guess that's his question.
2: I don't think that that had anything to do with Steve getting hurt.
1: So yeah, I think we would have eventually gotten there. Gotten Austin McMahon. There you go. Yeah. All right, Justin Brask- Bracken wants to know hypothetically what was Jim Cornette's reaction when Wendy's announced the Baconator?
2: Motherfucker, he puts bacon on the goddamn burger. Double cheese, double mayo, double onion. Motherfucker. Fuck you, Wendy. <laughs>
1: There you go, Justin. That's it. Drew Landry wants to know, did Shawn Michaels bring out the best in Bret Hart and vice versa?
2: I think that uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, frankly, brought out the best in uh, anybody they were in the ring with. So when you put those two together, for them to, to make music together was... magic absolutely tremendous. So, yeah. Yes, they brought out the best and whoever they were in the ring with. So the, <laughs> the fact that they were the two best, uh, being in the ring together, they continually tried to outdo one another.
1: Andy Goldsmith's going a little different direction here. And I think I like it. He said, have you ever called Connor out in the morning and said, I love you and brother loves voice and hung up on him. If not, you should. Why would if I call Connor in the morning? Connor, Who's Con- who the hell's Connor, Connie, you know, Connie, Connor, no, asked.
2: what kind of, uh, what kind of person <laughs> do you think I am?
1: <laughs> we think you're a lover. Oh, well, I am. Okay. Well, we thought maybe one of those days, di- one of the days back in the early days when you guys were winning awards left and right, you just called them up and were like, Hey, I love you. When those paychecks were rolling in, baby. Come on! No, man.
2: I called him and said, ha-ha, I got the trophy.
1: <laughs>
2: you didn't come to the convention. Ha-ha, I got the trophy.
1: Ah, uh, classic Bruce. There. there it is. I see it. Yep.
2: That's it? Good yeah, shit. I, Actually, I took a selfie with it and sent it to him and said, ha-ha. Yeah. There you go. You, you didn't win. I won.
1: Yeah. You should be thanking me. Bruce Pritchard just made your life, Conrad Every
2: Thompson.
1: day. That's right. Yeah, Secret sauce Fernando Diaz I'm looking forward to this question Bruce any thoughts on the? And I hope you've had time Have you checked out the new Cobra Kai And what have you thought about it The television show
2: uh, I've actually seen the entire season by God So here's the deal man I don't know if you know this or not So I'm going to let everybody in on a, on a secret I am a five time Am I five time <laughs> No, I'm a four time. I'm only four time. I'm a four time black belt Hall of Famer. Yeah. What haven't you done, so, Chris? I've been in the karate, karate biz for ever since I was like seven years old. And um, you are Mister Miyagi. Yeah. Well, I knew him. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing. We we had those dojo wars all the time when I was a kid. You know, we we would go to other dojos and, and we'd call them out and say, "I'll see you at the Hill Valley tournament." my God, I'll see you at the ASK uh, Invitational Hill Country Karate Austin Society <laughs> bullshit this Thursday. We'll get it on. And um, you know, I've been in the crane, so. Yeah, I just
1: (laughs) do you know the crane kick? Do you know, did you ever do that? The old crane kick? I just said
2: I invented it.
1: Oh, okay, you invented it. Not listening, yeah. Well, I was thinking about you know, Jerry Briscoe
2: is listening to this. It's right after I invented the headlock, I invented the crane. But so, when Karate Kid came out, and I'm watching it, and I'm just thinking because our our dojo was not a commercial dojo. We we learned in the parks and recreation department, and our instructor was a very strict instructor, and what have you. Um, so, our tournaments were all just amongst his schools and what have you, and his affiliation. We didn't we didn't go to outside tournaments like the old Hill Country valley hill valley (laughs) tournament or whatever yeah so that (laughs) was kind of like all right you know and and when i first started we when we would spar you would fight you had to focus and 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 when you hit you could so here's the thing man like you had to focus But then you could kick somebody. And I think that a kick hurts more than a punch. But anyway, you had to focus, okay? And you would hit, and we didn't wear anything. Then when they had this protective gear, and you had to wear, like, almost a catcher's vest that would tie around your neck and around your waist and everything. That's going to protect you. And then you'd wear, like, these gloves and things. And so you could hit now. Didn't protect a damn thing, but anyway, then later on, protective gear. June ree developed protective gear, and and what have you, and and we were able to actually make contact and things of the head and to the body, and you didn't need this whole catcher's vest, if you will. So it was not real, you know. You didn't you didn't hit like that in tournaments. You. Your protective gear, and nobody is going to allow Mister Miyagi to just <laughs> enter Danielson into the damn tournament, <laughs> and and they're not going to have white belts against black belts, and their belt system was all fucked up. So I saw the first one. It was like, okay, you know, it's a story. It's old Danielson, Mister Miyagi, son, and all of the other crap. Now, I watched the second one because I think that was with Elizabeth. Sh- no, Elizabeth. Sh- Elizabeth Shue was the
1: first one. Yeah, Elizabeth. I yeah, so like Elizabeth Shoe. Okinawa.
2: Yeah. So then the next one they went to yep. Japan or something. Ok- Okinawa, Betty small. Place. But here is where they lost me. They lost me when old Daniel San is hanging off of a
1: cliff <laughs> trimming a bonsai tree. Oh, that was three. That was three. Yeah. So. Him and his friend, who, by the way, was in Coop with Kai this this past season. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she made a cameo. Well. Redhead.
2: I I was in Connecticut at that time, and I remember seeing that. And I remember calling my instructor and saying, hey, man, how come we never learned the importance of trimming a bonsai tree? (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) And that was the very last uh, Karate Kid that I ever saw. And I'm not going to, I don't think I was that engaged in it, but I did thoroughly enjoy Cobra Kai. Okay. And, um, the not going to give away the finish of, of the most recent season, but it was, look, I've watched watched it for nostalgia and and what have you. Uh, and I think that they do an excellent job of telling the story and, and it's, it's fun, and if you don't take it too seriously, it's it's fun and it's lighthearted. and I like. To me, the intrigue is is that they've gotten every
1: old character to come back and play that's, themselves. That's exactly right. They weave it all into the original, so uh, that's
2: why I like it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. They even brought back uh, the the Karate Kid, and I can't remember them from from Karate Kid three. The student, the who owned the furniture store in in the fifth season. So.
2: Yeah. I didn't know what the hell they were talking
0: about there.
1: I know. Yeah. That was Crowdie kid three. Everybody always remembers one and two and Elizabeth show. Oh, How can you forget her? Good Lord.
0: Listen, man, I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to just do me a favor and run on over to save with com. Get yourself a quick quote. My man, Andy M just left us a five-star review over at ConradReviews.com And he had this to say the effort and communication from Josh was above and beyond. We ran into several unexpected hiccups along the way, but Josh kept us informed and kept looking for options to get things done in the end we were still able to refinance to a 15 year loan or we're going to be able to pay it off in 10 and we took enough cash out to pay off our credit cards my truck loan and even buy my wife her very first new vehicle we're going to save over five hundred dollars a month from what we would have been paying without the refinance we can't thank everyone enough now guys that right there is a win-win-win situation let me explain Over the last couple of years, your house is probably worth more than ever. Now, what you do with that equity is up to you. And what I'm going to recommend is we do what our man Andy did. Andy took himself from a 30-year loan down to 15 years, but he's planning to pay it off in 10. Now, how can he afford to do that? We got rid of all his credit card debt, just like that. We got rid of his truck loan, and we even got him enough cash to get his wife a new vehicle. The result, cheaper monthly payments. How does that happen? How do you get a new car, pay off a truck, and get rid of your credit cards and cut years off your loan? You go to SaveWithConrad.com. We're going to get you cheaper monthly payments. And how's this for starters? No house payments for the next two months. That's right. You can skip your next two payments. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And buddy, if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. And here's the best part. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. I don't care if you relate here or there. Maybe you had a bankruptcy back in the day. Maybe you were late on a credit card. We're going to help you figure out how to get in the situation that your family needs now and long term. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life at save withconrad.com.
1: All right. Brad Stanton's up next. He said, What did you think of the way Big Show debuted? Was
0: that an actual
1: quick question about Cobra Kai? Yeah. Thoughts on the new Cobra Kai. Straight up, Fernando Diaz wanted to know. Boy, when, when I say ask me questions and shit. Yeah, they're, they're bringing them in. some shit. From convenience stores to lectures at gentlemen's clubs to Cobra Kai. We got it all this week. I mean, I mean, really. It's, it's all over the place. You got to love it. You got to love your audience.
2: I do love my audience. Uh, they're awesome. That's why you're making
1: fun of them. I'm not. I love it. So let's go to Brad Stanton. We're back to wrestling. What did you think of the way? Big Does show you know Stan for?
2: Stanton.
1: Brad Stanton. Stanton.
2: yeah i
1: know but does he know stan stan stanton
2: yeah
1: no clue i don't know oh, if brad okay. knows stan stanton or not all right brad stanton's a real real uh colorful guy fun guy big personality you, you would enjoy you some brad stanton i'll tell you that i, I know like a lot stan of these stanton. guys but i don't know about stan was stan stanton was he a colorful guy was he a lot big personality your buddy stan stan stanton? oh yeah Oh yeah, was definitely. a hell, hell of a guy. So, what do you think of the way Big Show debuted, coming out of that ring at uh, Saint Valentine's Day Massacre, and the way that uh, he debuted there? What do you think about that?
2: Oh, I thought it was great. I, I <laughs> I'm not sure that it, if it was the right way to debut a giant, but at the same time, it was the right way to debut a giant. It was impactful. He took the biggest star in the company and. Put him in an impossible situation and was able to make an
1: impact right away. So yeah, it was good. All right. Matt M is up next. He says, Bruce, in the HBK 9798 episode, you mentioned sometimes scripting intentional screw-ups. Can you give us an example of a past intentional screw-up?
2: Well, I I would say immediately what comes to mind is when, first of all, I I really, I don't know how to say this, uh, but I really hate when uh, (laughs) someone will will talk about, oh yeah, they screwed up that spot. Now, how do you know what the spot was supposed to be? And in life, Things don't go, you know, aren't perfect in a, oh no, it's got to be pretty and perfect and look at this great spot. No, I can't stand that. Um, but Shawn Michaels and, and Mick Foley, you know, were two who particularly said, hey, let's have a spot in the match that we do that looks like to the people that, that read that crap and think they know everything, <laughs> that looks like Oh my God, we screwed up because Sean had had his episode with Vader where everybody was like, Oh, Sean showed his ass and all this other stuff. So they put it into the match, fed into it just for, you know, sometimes you got to entertain yourself
1: just for shits and giggles. That's right. There you go. You ever had the, the giggles where you're shitting (sighs) No. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. 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 No. Rob wants to know do you think Dixie Carter here we go we're switching to, to uh, some TNA years for you is underappreciated in the wrestling world
2: um, I don't know I, I look
1: man you know I think Dixie was
2: placed in a very precarious position it was you know she bought something from the Jarrett's and was able to keep it running and keep it afloat for a long time. Now, was she successful at it in the end? Nope. However, you, you got to give her credit for being able to keep TNA afloat with as many different uh, people that she had in there, you know, me included, but from, you know, the Russos to the Hogans and Bischoff's Bischoff to yeah. me and um, – Everybody after that, you know, it it just, she kept trying and, and she kept swinging, but I don't know if this business was the right business for her.
1: There you go. Well said. Brian Rapp is up next. He says, Bruce, unfortunately I'm facing a battle with cancer. Don't need anything, but just wanted to say when I was 10 years old watching brother love, my mom, who was a non wrestling fan would overhear you and the, I love you. And adopted as a way to tell me her feelings it annoyed me a bit. But did you know how over that would get, and the number of impersonations it would generate it seems only behind people like Savage and Hogan from the that WW from that era in WWF.
2: Well, first of all, I'm glad that I had that kind of an effect on someone's life and someone's mother. So you know, uh, having dealt with cancer and and what have you uh, in my family. It's a tough road, and I hope that you're doing well, and I hope you continue to do well. But I'm glad. Look, that always blows me away. Yeah. It always blows me away the effect that you have on someone's life and that you don't always know. So I think it's cool. I'm very humbled by that because, to me, I'm just a guy, and I don't, especially when I was a character on television, I never
1: looked at it that way. Yeah, Brian, first of all, our thoughts and prayers are with you, man, as you're, as you're dealing this, uh, this battle. And I know you say you don't need anything, but man, uh, I love that you took the time to write this out and make sure Bruce was aware. Number one, because at the end of the day, these guys truly are there as entertainers and, and Bruce, you were one of them. But But loved. see for him. Yeah.
2: I would say, I love you.
1: There and you go. Mom, see, there you go. He did it. He did his impersonation. Not there you go, you. Brian. I know that Not wasn't for, for me. Not for that was for Brian. So there you go. And that's good, man. That puts a uh, smiles on faces. Brian, we're wishing nothing, uh, but happiness and, and hope that you can uh, kick cancer's ass. My friend, uh, Roby Neely is up next Bruce. And he says, Bruce, in early days of raw pre-taping one hour shows in the same arena, why was the hard cam switch between tapings? And how exactly was this done? where people move from one side of the arena to the other. How long did the switch take and what did the audience do while waiting? I have no idea what the hell they think they're talking about. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Did you ever switch hard cams in the same arena? No. Uh, Positions. Okay. I mean, sorry, Roby. Sorry, man. No, he can't think of any occasion that would have happened, bud. All right, Steve's up next. He says, uh, would Hulk Hogan's imaginary 1993 European tour have done bigger business if he'd actually have wrestled on those shows?
2: (laughs) Well, you know what? One day, uh, if anybody ever wants to take the time to look at the facts and not look at just what they want to look at, um, you'll
1: understand. There you go. Look at the facts. There you go. Mike Shank is up next. He said, was there ever any discussion?
2: Yo, does us? he know Jim Shank? Jim Shank's my
1: buddy, man. Lives uh, in Friendswood, Texas. I, I swear to God, I'm, you think I'm making this shit up? I, I mean, I'm starting to. Yeah, I mean, we got Stan Stanton. We got the Jim the Photo guy, or Jim Photo. No, Who else? Johnny is Photo. Johnny Photo.
2: Pay attention. Doesn't cost anything. Pay Who's
1: attention. the Ronquillo guy? Jeff Ronquillo. Chris Ronquillo. Ronquillo. Chris Ronquillo. I mean, there's just too many that are happening now, Bruce. I mean, come on. Too many of those. You know a guy named Shank? Jim Shank. All right, Jim Shank. Yeah. Okay, I'm buying it. You look dead serious. Jim so, Shank
2: okay. is camera 12.
1: Camera 12, Jim Shank. Yeah. Got it. Well, Mike Shank says, was there ever any discussion in 2006 to convince Brett to do anything on camera outside of the Hall of Fame appearance? Certainly seems like a missed opportunity to cash in on nostalgia, given the roster back then. You had Sean, Flair, Triple H. Well, you, you know. Thanks, pal. Missed opportunity no, it, it uh, wasn't our missed
2: opportunity. Brett didn't want to do it. Okay. I mean, it was, we wanted Brett to stay and be a part of everything. Brett wanted to come in and leave. And that was his prerogative. And I, I get it. Um, Brett was coming in, hadn't been around for a while, and, and was testing the waters. Maybe he didn't feel like he really wanted to be around all that. So he, he wanted to get in and get out. That was Brett's call. That wasn't our call. We would have loved to have had Brett and offered that invitation and really wanted him to be a part of everything. And that was his choice
1: not to do it. Clear as crystal Gilbert, sometimes Pat, that's his name. Gilbert, sometimes Pat. He has a question. He said, you know how wrestlers eat fast food after a show? Does Vince eat fast food? If so, what's his top five?
2: No, Vince doesn't eat fast food. Vince was thoroughly disgusted when uh, I ordered a corn dog and he didn't know what a corn dog was. I explained to him what a corn dog was.
1: Oh, I got to hear this.
2: And what? You don't know what a corn dog is? No, I want to hear how you explain it to Vince. It's a hot dog on a stick dipped in corn batter and then deep fried.
1: And then he just, what did he just stare at you? And he's like, you're going to eat that.
2: (laughs) And so we, we also had hamburgers and other things. Pat and I did.
1: And Vince had egg whites. But um not even grab a grilled chicken breast off a sandwich and just eat the, the breast or something like that. At a fast yeah, food. But he had, had he had dead whites. <sighs> okay.
2: Honey, you mean you what about the yolk Yolk's the best part. And uh he was <laughs> yeah, no, wasn't having any of it. So nothing. We were going to leave and Vince realized goes, Ah, oh, did you get your core dog? And I said, No, shit, I forgot. Because she didn't give me my corn dog with the rest of my food. Went back and said, Excuse me, ma'am, but uh, I didn't get my corn dog. And she goes, Oh, it ain't done draining
1: yet. Oh, and dear
2: God. And says, you going Dra- to eat something that has to drain? <laughs> In which time I realized, I "Go, oh God, you're right, man! No, don't drain it! My God, that's the best part.
1: <laughs> Leave all that shit in, honey. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you want to drain it? Get all the good juice out of it. That's right. I'm gonna oh, slurp shit. that shit down. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yellow mustard. There you I go. Will still, I will still go to. Uh the where uh, the fans of the show, yes, <laughs> where fans of the show actually uh, said hello to me the other day, and it was it was great seeing. But I would still go there just to get a corn dog.
1: Mm. Now you said mustard, mustard and ketchup, just mustard.
2: Oh God, dang, you don't put ketchup on a hot dog. Oh, okay. Nobody puts ketchup on a. hot At least normal people don't put ketchup on a
1: hot dog. I know abnormal people that do. So that's, that's why I just wanted to clarify. Okay, so you're not yeah, that. That's 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 not not right. Blasph- blasphemy! Gotcha. Yeah, you put yellow mustard on a hot dog, man. That's it. <sighs> all right, George Morris. Good George. What's that? French's yellow mustard. French's okay. I, you know all the things I've been plugging. I hope. I tell you what, my goodness, we haven't even read an ad yet, and you've just plugged everything. We've got Reese's cups. What else? We got the Rock's energy drinks. French's yellow mustard. The Wienery? What's next? The I Wienery. <laughs> All right, George That's Morris, a real place. I know. I believe you. I just. Everybody, let's 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 uh, find. Are they on social media? We got to put over the Wienery. Uh, it sounds like a place I'd love. Oh, Wait, what? Know? Okay, George Morris is up next. He says, "Was there ever a time where Vince ever thought about purchasing or building his own arena as a home base for shows besides the failed Vegas hotel and arena?" <laughs> Um, as a matter of fact, that's the foundation of Raw Was
2: To build an arena I wanted to do it At the studio where the, Right adjacent to the studio Where our warehouse was Was to be able to build that out And essentially build a TV studio arena Where we could have roughly 1500, maybe 2000 Audience members Put the ring in, light it specifically for television and run everything through the new Northeast bring talent in and do it live every Monday night. That was a cost savings idea because of the way that we were doing primetime wrestling at the time. So yeah, I mean, Vince owned the Cape Cod Coliseum and you know, he'd been in the arena business. So I think there was a big part of him that
1: really didn't want to be in the arena business again. Okay. Yeah. That, that. If he had already been in the business and he wanted to know part of it, then that explains it. All right. RS Morrison 33. Any, any Morrisons that, you know, John, okay. Jim Yeah. Jim. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, is it true that Jake Roberts was going to get a program with Hogan, but the idea was squashed after Jake got a huge pop DDTing Hogan and the brass was worried that Jake would steal some of the Hulksters thunder.
2: I wasn't there when that happens so i i don't really know I, I have no idea if there's any truth to that or not by the time
1: i got there jake was uh pretty much babyface. had you heard that one though at all have you heard that before i've heard jake say Ta- tell times. that story yeah yeah yeah
2: and whether or not it, it's true i have no way of i have no version of validating it, to it. yeah say one way or another
1: okay FF handbook is back for another question. Bruce, why was Linda's music? WrestleMania 10s theme. Her theme music was always WrestleMania 10s theme, which WrestleMania thing would they rather have been? I don't know. It's just that she didn't have her own brand, her own, her own music. It was just WrestleMania 10. Oh, here comes Linda. Well, how do you know that the WrestleMania? She didn't have her own version theme. of no chance in hell. I know the WrestleMania 10 theme. It wasn't Linda's theme. And they used because, it for WrestleMania yeah. 10. Oh, well, there you go. You turn that one right on its ass. There you go. Okay. That's what I do. We got to figure out what came first. Ten's theme or Linda McMahon walking out to it. So I don't have that at my fingertips. Jittery Jack and Nappy has a question. Does he know
2: old Ben Nakamaki? <laughs> well, does he? <laughs> I
1: don't know. But Jittery Jack and Nappy, old Ben's cousin, says... Say Triple H never got injured in 2001. Here, this is hypothetical. If he never got injured in 2001, how different is that entire year? How does WrestleMania 18 look without that injury? Does Triple H still win the Royal Rumble? Or does it potentially go to Kurt Angle, Undertaker, Rock, or someone else? So, Bruce, pull out that crystal ball. Talk to us about all things. Put it in reverse. And what could have been in 2001 if Triple H never got injured? What does that look like? Yeah, there's a lot
2: of what ifs, and I, I think that you you can't really answer that because it's what's, what's the thing, you know, well, what if front had wings and then fly? <laughs> well, ain't going to fucking happen. <laughs> um, so with that, it's, it, yeah, man, we had plans of him and Austin being a, a, a tandem, but when you look at it, that injury changed so many things that the the return of him was inevitable because you'd play these videos in the arenas of his rehab and just, you know, to see him. And the audience went crazy. And I don't know if it was, you know, fondness makes the heart grow fonder yeah. or they but they were so ready for him to come back and they were in love with him so we were, were like oh wait a minute man he left as a heel we want to bring him back as a heel but the audience reaction at that point just there was no way not to do it <laughs>
1: There you go. I'm sure a lot would have looked different with uh with Triple H never getting in, injured there. Um, but yeah, like what you guys have normally had to do, it's always let's figure out a way to change things on the fly and make it happen. Gary Wharton is up next. Gary says if Dusty is Rhodes he no
2: Doug Wharton.
1: <sighs> well, this guy's name is Wharton, W H oh, E R okay. E R T O N. So right. I don't think him and Doug Wharton know each other. If Dusty Rhodes hadn't left the Florida territory for the Crockets. And taking the top talent with him, do you think the territory, Florida that is, could have survived and flourished while the other NWA-affiliated companies were going under or being taken over by Vince and the Crockett's? So you say Dusty stays in Florida, keeps the Florida territory there. Do you think it could have survived and flourished? No. Okay. They didn't have the money or the wherewithal to do it. Drew Roper is up next. Does he know
2: Mr. Mrs. Roper? Mr. 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 Mrs.
1: Yeah, he does. He may, you know. Okay, I'm gonna knock on my door. All right, Bruce. Here he goes. (laughs) Hers and hers and his three's company (laughs) two. All right, here we go. I know you weren't there at the time, but what was your reaction when Jerry Lawler went into cardiac arrest on air?
2: I watched it live, and we were in uh, Orlando. Doing uh, TNA taping As I watched it uh, We didn't know You know you're in a restaurant You're watching You don't have Audio And it's like what the hell is going on here Is this some kind of an angle Is this you know what are they doing But then Started getting text messages About you know hey Lawler just had a heart attack On air And that more than anything um I, I just was worried for him because i I'd, I'd had my heart attack and i just wanted him to be okay that that was the main that was my main thought was you know make him okay don't yeah. don't let don't let this happen and um had a lot of empathy for him because it was again watching live and all all we're getting are text messages and stuff and from people and there were three or four of us at the table, and everybody's getting different, different word and different reports. So it was, yeah, scary, man. It's, uh, that's a scary deal.
1: No doubt about it. And man, it's so good to see him doing well, and uh, for so long since that occurred. So there you go. Oh, well, he's like 109. He he, and he, and his and his hair's still the same color, and he still has it all. So well, jealous. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll keep going. <laughs> David Lanham's up next. Bruce, was there a gimmick you thought wouldn't get over that made a boatload of cash? How about one you thought that would uh, thought would succeed and it bombed hard? So let's start with the first one. One that you were like, dude, this is the shits, but man, it just it 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 was it was it was money.
2: God, um, probably a lot of those, but. <laughs> I, I'll i give you one that we all thought was interesting, but we didn't think it would ever be big. And it was, was the genius with Lanny Poffo. <sighs> um, I, I thought that was just such a great compliment to Lanny uh, and everybody was just so happy for him that it did get over. But when you're listening to it going, ah, man, I don't see how this works in its initial stages and then you have, you know, different guys that have, have come through that you think, okay, uh, man, if you could only get some steam behind this and do this this way, and they, the talent just didn't really deliver. Um, that Amish roadkill guy, yeah. you know, came in and we took all that gimmick off of him and, and put him in trunks and boots in the training at OVW, man, the guy had a, he was aggressive and it was a completely different look. You you never knew like we didn't know who the hell the guy was. But he was big, he could do some impressive stuff. When that red light went on and it was time, you know, for the show, he couldn't do it.
1: Just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I liked as a kid with Lanny Poffa was before the genius when he'd read off the Frisbee and then just throw it out in the crowd. Man, that was some fun stuff. The as a poet kid.
2: laureate of the WW.
1: Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Umar's up next. Umar. 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 Yeah. Umar. Yeah. Now, do you know uh, some uh, another Umar?
2: I know Lamar. Okay.
1: Yeah. Bruce, if The Undertaker was managed by Jim Cornette, how would Jim describe oh God, The Undertaker? <laughs> the would have killed me. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh. H- how would Jim describe The Taker?
2: Goddamn big red-headed, motherfucking windy-looking son of a bitch. Put a fucking couple patties on him, double cheese, double mayo, extra onion, I'll eat the son of a bitch. Goddamn it, can you tell that whore sister of yours to fucking...
1: Oh man, I still love the cartoons they've done of you with the whole George, the rat story. Every time I hear you start doing your Jim Cornette, I think of the George, the rat story. Nothing's going to beat that
2: poor, poor George.
1: Oh, so good. At least his death was able to give us a great story. That's right. Jason Hopkins is up next. Not saying it would be a good idea. But brother, love as the great power in the ministry, that had been the most logical option considering what was available. Would have you done it if Vince wanted you to go that direction?
2: Not. Uh, I love brother, love. Brother, love was very, very good to me. <laughs> <sighs> the the timing I, of brother, love was it, it was all timing. And coming off of the scandal of Jim and Tammy Faye. Yes. Brother love people go, Oh, this is what they're doing. When in fact, brother love had debuted before the Jim and Tammy, uh, scandal hit. And after brother love debuted, then the scandal hit and it was like, hello. So it was, it was great timing and a lot of luck, but, it was also in a time where you didn't have, you know, that was your Sundays. That was your Sunday entertainment. Well, it was all these televangelists and, and they hadn't been exposed yet. So there were believers that they could do no wrong. And I just looked at that and, and saw an opportunity that, most people that I knew at least would look at them as these total con artists and, and just uh, scams. So I was able to capitalize.
1: Who could have been Brother Loves Tammy Faye? I mean, with the mascara running down her cheeks. I mean, who could have been your Tammy Faye Baker?
2: I tried. You know, I tried to. Uh, Sherry wanted to do it oh. all the time. Sherry really wanted to do it, um, but you know, God, that so could have been good. Doing her thing, but there was a there was a period there where we were really close on two different occasions to get Jessica Hahn, and her she got an agent that just was like, "Oh no, this will kill you." I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 you diddle Jim Baker, <laughs> exactly, and expose him and do all this stuff and blah she blah blah." blah. But yeah, Being with brother love is going to kill your career. What career? You were a secretary.
1: It's over already.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever.
1: She had her TMZ moment before there was TMZ. Yeah. Uh, I would have loved the Tammy Faye style character with you. Would have been good. Bull of the woods is up next. He says, uh, Bruce, is there any one wrestler that looking back on it, you wish you would have done more with man. Give me, I wish you would have done more with that guy or gal. Hmm.
2: The goon? oh no uh, <laughs> i mean I'm, there's probably a lot there's, there's probably a lot of guys that you look at and go ah wow man I sure do wish that we could have come up with something more for them and or that they just fell. <sighs> you know there there's guys sometimes that, that have in their own head what they should and or shouldn't be and if they're not realizing that in their mind, then they think, okay, well, you've, you've screwed them over. And sometimes it's either timing or there just isn't anything for him at the time. I remember bastion Booker, uh, being upset and saying that he couldn't afford to, to work here anymore, that he needed us to do something with him and, or else he, he would have to, finish up and he can make more money if he wasn't working here anymore and and Pat told him hey you know right there's Vince's door go talk to Vince you know let him know he's he's the guy that's gonna make the decision and he walked in and said that to Vince and Vince says oh okay well um let me look at my book he opened up his book and said you know what
1: we finish up tonight So does, a guy, making more money tomorrow. does a guy like that walk in and are you like bastion? Yes. What well, can we help you with Mr. Booger? I mean, what is it? And I, I just can't afford to work here anymore. I mean, I can't even imagine what that conversation sounds well, like. It, but, but again, when you say something like that to someone,
2: oh, I'm sorry. Um, here, here's your notice. Go into, you know, I can make more elsewhere. I'll give you a great example of that is, the Young Bucks, when they were in TNA, okay, they came to me and said, Hey, we can make more on the independence. And I knew that Russo did not have anything for them and was not high on them. Mm. So they told me that they could make more on the independence. And I said, Man, go make more on the independence then. Yeah. yeah. So can we have our release?
1: Yes. Right now mm-hmm. you can have your release. No. Yeah. We weren't doing anything with them. And that's an example of a, of a talent that went and then did. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep going here. Kent Graham. I think he you was a quarterback. Superstar? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's a oh, relationship. Me,
2: I don't know superstar Billy Graham now.
1: No, I know you know superstar Billy Graham, but Kent Graham was also a quarterback in the NFL. At one point. Yeah, I don't know him. Who the fuck is that?
2: Huh? Did he ever
1: be? I don't know. He played for the Cardinals. I believe.
2: You know, Dr. Jerry. <sighs>
1: I never, I I know, I don't know Dr. Jerry, but I know I'm sure you do, a uh, long-time wrestling well, he's guy. Well, longer with us. So. Well, but you knew him at one point. I mean, you were working when you were 10 well, years you. old. I mean, you knew them all. He wants to know, I'm just curious, what was Bruce's first ever car that he got? What was your first set of wheels, Bruce? Uh,
2: 1974 Chevy Vega Notchback. Look at that big grin on your face. What color was it? Blue, navy. Okay. okay. Navy blue. And it had a bent frame. And my dad told me that if I could get it to pass an inspection, that uh, I could have it for 500 bucks. And there was no way on God's green earth that anybody in their right mind would pass that for inspection. Because the frame was bent, so the the lights shined off cockeyed. Um, But I had a friend of mine that worked at the Gulf Station where they did inspections. And I took down there, he slapped a sticker on it, and I got got it through inspection. <laughs> I drove it for about six or seven months before my dad basically traded for uh, a Dodge Monaco, a white Dodge Monaco that was like a police car. <laughs> nice.
1: What is your favorite car, all-time car you've ever driven? Nah, I'm not a car guy. Nah. Yeah, I like my Genesis now. I got a Genesis GV80. I love it. So
2: Okay. I'm there not you really a, like... But yeah. like Conrad. See, so, you know, Conrad yeah. has got like
1: uh, what is he up a fleet? To now? He's, he's got, got two dozen rolls yeah. Royces. You go in, he's got one of every color, they're BMW. I know. He's got he's got the waves. He's, he's my got daily, like, he's right. only got
2: like nine Bentleys now though.
1: When someone but he's starts got the two off two dozen by saying rolls. This, yeah. When you start off by saying this is my daily driver, okay, okay, now I'm I'm already out of your league. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I mean Okay, that's not you though.
2: Yeah, and the, the, the McLarens and all that stuff. Yeah, just,
1: all that bullshit. I don't know
2: how the hell he fits in some of
1: them. Yeah, like a Lamborghini. Could you imagine him, like, shoehorning in and out of a... Yeah, but he's still got him out there. I know. They're for his guests when they show up, apparently. But he won't let me drive him. No. Oh. Matt Carter's up next. Were you ever at a show where there was a riot? And if so, would you share that story?
2: I was in shows where I caused the riot. Uh... <laughs> I can imagine so Port Arthur, Texas is there's a golden triangle in Texas um Port Arthur, Beaumont and orange maybe Port Arthur Beaumont, maybe orange I guess like it's not Winnie uh I know Winnie, I know Winnie, Texas very well. Oh, okay. But uh but it's it's kind of down there in the Golden Triangle area too. Uh great people out of Winnie. Um
1: Is that the where so, Chris Ronquillo lives?
2: Port no oh, Okay. No. No. Ronquillo doesn't know okay. you know just checking. You know so many people. You know. Port Arthur, Texas. We had just started w- running there and I was a referee. And the hot issue at that time, obviously, Jose and Gino, there's a guy named Danny Ortiz, El Halcon, and he wore a mask, he wore a mask, but on the back of his yellow trunks, it said, Danny. I was like, man, (laughs) like, you're El Halcon, but you got trunks that say, Danny. Um... So there's Danny in the ring. He's working with El Gran Marcus. And it was El Gran Marcus and Gino Hernandez who were the adversaries to Jose Lothario and El Halcon. But it was a single match with Marcus versus Halcon. Jose was in the corner of Halcon. Gino Hernandez was in the corner of Marcus. And there was this one big redneck sitting front row. Big son of a bitch, too. I bet you he was probably about six four. Lanky had his uh, jeans tucked in his boots, <laughs> baseball cap, in a in a big strapping boy man, like you know, like a a cowboy looking, real cowboy looking son of a gun. Like he's been out uh, punching doggies all day, and right? Stuff,
1: right. He's, he's been tackling them steers, yeah.
2: And he's drinking beer, and he's having him, you know, hell of a time. He's giving Gino a rash of shit, and Gino's in his face. You know, fuck you, cowboy, and you redneck, son of a bitch, and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And next thing you know, cowboy takes his beer, throws it Gino's face. Now, I'm refereeing, and I'm watching all this out of the corner of my eye, and I can see what's going down, and I roll out of the ring to get in between Gino and the guy in the front row, because now Gino is coming at him, and Gino's swinging and this guy's swinging. He's a big son of a bitch. Marcus sees this. Marcus rolls out. And Marcus goes after the guy. Well, now this guy's buddy and this other guy over here, another guy over there, and one over here. And they all start coming. And it's just me, Gino, and Marcus who are fighting off about eight people. And they are literally <laughs> coming the arena just like goes up on on two sides and and a third side. There were some bleacher type seats, and people are coming. I remember looking up and going, "Oh my god!" Because people are coming and they're taking off their belts.
1: Oh they got my those god! Big
2: Texas yes, belt, buckles belt buckles, and they're swinging them overhead. <sighs> and I'm looking around, and people around us are taking off their belts and swinging them and I'm getting hit in the head with belt buckles and all of a sudden there's this little tiny son of a bitch and he's in the fight but he ain't fighting us he's like subduing people basically like taking people down and getting people away and, and stuff to, to finally you know, be able to get us to a little bit to where we're not in a fight anymore and I look down at this son of a bitch, and again, he ain't hitting us. I'm like, what the hell? And he flashes a badge at me. Oh, I'm sorry. First, I noticed his gun. Because he had a yeah. gun on his head. Oh, I'm God. like, oh, shit, man. This yeah. guy's got a gun. But then he shows me his badge. I'm like, okay. He goes, let's get out of here. Because the cops that we had hired, they're like, oh, hey, this is all part of the show. Hoop, 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 hoop. And they, <laughs> they, was, they didn't want to get in the fight. Right, they're just and claiming They're swinging belt buckles yeah. I mean, they're smart but So we literally Fight our way back to the dressing room We get back into the dressing room The building manager They come and they lock us In the dressing room Because there's a full-fledged riot now It's people Throwing shit, chairs being thrown Belt buckles are being thrown And Marcus, great guy Double tough son of a bitch like, as I'm trying to get him out of it, get him out of there, he's like, No ingles, amigo, no ingles. <sighs> now, this is my friend, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, Man, please don't give me that no English bullshit. <laughs> okay, gotta yes. come in. Yeah. And so they lock us in the heel dressing room. So <laughs> Gino's pissed off. Marcus is pissed off. They want to go out and fight the world. And I'm scared to death. Um, 17, 18 years old, maybe. Dude, what a life! Scared to death. So finally they come, and like you can hear, you can hear the roar of the people. And and it's probably only maybe 1,500 people, but still might as well have been 150,000 because they weren't happy. And you hear the roar kind of die down, and you can hear like, okay, they're, Getting it settled down, they're getting people out of the building and all this shit. And they finally come and I hear you hear the key turn, and we've now showered up and we're like, you know, okay, let's get out of here. What had transpired is they got people out of the building. But it was a civic center and it was so like it was City Hall, basically. And then next to City Hall is a police station. Well, they had turned over a police car. Right outside the building, right where we got to walk out to get to our cars. And it's like, holy shit. So the cops come and, and they're pissed because we've had a riot. Building managers pissed. Everybody's pissed. They get us to our cars and said, okay, we're going to give you a police escort out of here. and We're like, oh, thank God. We're going to get you. We're going to get you right to the, to the town line. And then you're on your own. And it was – that was a scary thing, man, because there, there were there were people that followed us out. And the the cops just hauled ass, man. They had cops in front of us and behind us. And once we hit the town line, they pulled over, and they stopped. They stopped, like, you know, cars from following us. We just took off and went home. But that was a scary deal. I, I've been in, in, in plenty of those like that where just – People, I remember Gary Hart one time and he was with the spoiler, and they had the old United States championship or whatever the hell it was. And, and Gary had that thing swinging over his head, trying to get back to the dressing room.
1: Holy shit! It, do you feel like it was always wilder down south or not? It had nothing to do with that, as far well, as I mean, the-
2: that's that's where I was, so yeah, I
1: mean, it was, yeah, true. You know,
2: Cornette tells you know great stories about being in Louisiana and mid-south and and they would come.
1: Yeah. They, they was coming. They was a coming. No doubt about it. Bruce, we got time for one more question and then we'll wrap up this episode. Mike Davis and shit and shit. Asked, and we'll wrap up questions and shit. Mike Davis says we recently lost the great Gene LaBelle. Any good stories about Mr. LaBelle also would love to hear Bruce's version of the time. Jean LaBelle choked out Steven Seagal.
2: So I met Gene LaBelle maybe once or twice in my life. Uh, Didn't know Gene well. Heard plenty of stories from Roddy Piper about Gene LaBelle and my brother about Gene LaBelle and others uh, that knew Gene. A double tough son of a bitch. A hell of a character. I was able to talk to him for like maybe five minutes at the cauliflower alley club thing one time, but he was a tough son of a bitch. And I heard from someone that was on the set with, uh, the whole Steven Seagal thing that, you know, Seagal was just bragging about nobody, Nobody could take him down. Nobody could choke him out, by God, with his Aikido crap. And Seagal, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I met Seagal one time out in L.A., and he was an arrogant, arrogant guy. Really not the kind of guy from his impressions when you're around him, very full of himself, and big guy, too. Big guy. But Gene LaBelle was like, Yeah, no, nah, man. You know, I, I think I could pretty much choke you out, take you down, or whatever the hell it was. And he laughed at it, and Gene choked him out. And rumor is, is that Seagal shit his pants. Ooh. Again, I, I, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know. I was hearing from someone who yeah. allegedly was there. and Rumor in the and innuendo. Yeah. That it was just Seagal. Kind of holding court, and LaBelle was there because Gene did all the stuntman stuff, and he was the go to stuntman guy. And Gene took exception to really, I could take you out
1: and, and did. Sounds he like got a fired uh,
2: immediately.
1: yeah, but what a uh, badass man. Oh, uh, Gene LaBelle, man, he's man. Well, Bruce, listen. Next week, next time, you're together with Conrad. It's No Mercy 2007, All-State Arena. The show ended up being yeah. I
2: thought you just had a cold, Connie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, when I'm over my cold and sound more normal, we're going to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's going to be you and Conrad back together. Oh, hit me up. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, hit me hit me up. No, but it's going to be No Mercy 07. It's the All-State Arena. Headlined by three WWE title matches. Listen to this. This is when John Cena tears his pec on the go-home Raw. You're going to talk about how the decision is made to put the title on Orton, have him wrestle Triple H, Hunter takes on Umaga before Hunter and Randy Orton finish his show in a last-man-standing match. You guys are also going to discuss Mr. Kennedy and the fallout of Cena's injury, CM Punk defending the EACW title against Big Daddy V, and the Punjabi prison match between the great Kali and Batista. I know you're excited about that show, bud. Boy, if there was ever some things that I'd like to forget. <laughs> we're not letting you hear, man. We're not letting you hear. So there you go. No mercy. 2007 is the topic, pal. Oh, bless my heart. Oh, I know you're looking forward to that. Well, listen, Bruce, this was fun sitting in with you this week and asking you questions and shit.
2: Well, Pablo... Been my pleasure,
1: sir. Listen, and I, don't,
2: and I don't mean that.
1: I know. I I can feel. I can feel the love right here through the screen. You know, and that's great. And this is an audio only show. But me and Bruce literally through Skype get to sit here and just talk to each other face to face. And this has been my pleasure to be able well, to sit Skype, here and Skype chat. anyway. Yeah, is this Skype? Skype. What is this? This is Skype. Yeah, I this is what you know. like. I've, I've been told I this just, is what you. like. Yeah, this is your deal. This Just deal. what
2: I have set up. It's your gen- <laughs>
1: No one else has showed you Zoom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got you. Well, listen, on behalf of Bruce Pritchard, this is Paul Bromwell, and this has been something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. I'm sorry, folks,
2: but I truly do love you, and thank you for supporting the show. And rock on,
1: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together.